Welcome. You're listening to In The Room, the podcast. Our host, international moderator and MC, Veda Sanasi, creates a meeting point to amplify the valuable voices of our community. From prominent icons to everyday people, In The Room is an opportunity to share their journeys, their perspectives, and boldest aspirations towards tackling global challenges. Ultimately, contributing to rewriting the definition of leadership for the 21st century. If you are a frequent flyer, the lockdown due to the pandemic has either made you itch to get back on the plane soon, or has made you relish being able to stay put in one place for a while. Either way, things have not looked this bleak for the air transport industry in a long time. A report released by the International Air Transport Association projects that traffic levels in revenue passenger kilometer for 2020 are expected to fall by 54.7% compared to 2019. Capacity is expected to drop by 40.4%. Passenger revenues are expected to fall to $241 billion, down from $612 billion in 2019. Revenues will fall by 50% to $419 billion, from $838 billion last year. Financially, 2020 will go down as the worst year in the history of aviation. On average, every day of this year will add $230 million to industry losses. In total, that's a loss of $84.3 billion, said Alexandre de Juniac, the Director General and CEO of International Air Transport Association. In this episode, I talked to Mrs. Yvonne Makolo, the CEO of Rwandair. We discussed the future of air transport and the kinds of innovation that will be required to resuscitate the industry, not just in Africa, but across the world. I might also just ask her, what is it going to take for all of us to be able to walk down the aisle once again, on a plane, of course? Welcome to the first of a two-part episode of In The Room, the podcast. Hi, good morning, Yvonne. Thank you so much for making time um, for this conversation. Um, I actually want to start by um, asking you if you recall a moment when, as you were observing this pandemic unfolding and watching what was going on, you know, starting with China and then um, South Korea, Singapore, at what point did you, if at all, have a moment when you thought, this is not good. This is not good for us. This is not good for the industry. Well, I, I think um, it happened when we started seeing different countries uh, shutting down their airports and at a uh, very short notice. Um, that became very scary. Uh, initially, we had uh, a lot of airlines had suspended flights to China, including us at Air. Um, but then when we started seeing different countries where we operate, uh, especially within the African continent, uh, just saying by midnight, uh, we're shutting down the airport and we have crew position there already, have to get them out. Then we realize things are getting very, very critical. And when uh, Rwanda also shut down its borders, uh, then we know, <laughs> then we knew that uh, this is this is really, really serious. Um, and given the fact that now it's it's we're moving on to three months uh, of uh, uh, the airline be, uh, the airline being grounded, uh, it's it's a serious. I, I guess nobody has seen anything like this for a very long time. 
Yeah, and I presume you know nobody really expected anything like this. Um, so how did you? How, how did it all unfold? You know, given that it all sort of happened within 24, 48 hours. If you can walk us through, what was that like? What kind of decisions did you have to make in those moments? What were some of the considerations you were making? It was it was very hectic uh, because we, we had a very small window of opportunity uh, of um, opportunity in terms of knowing uh, that the, the that the borders in Rwanda are going to close uh, close down. Uh, so we had to scramble, uh, get uh, our crew back uh, for the for the crew who want, who needed to go home, get them out uh, and to their home countries as well, and try and get uh, as many of our passengers uh, to their destinations uh, as quickly as possible before before the the lockdown. Um, so th- that that was it was very hectic and it went it went by very quickly and making uh, decisions. Uh, very fast and hopefully making the right decisions at that time. Um, and then try, also trying to, trying to um, communicate to our passengers and, and uh, keep them calm and uh, uh, start the refund process, uh, the rebooking process. So it's, everything happened uh, in a very short, <laughs> short amount of time and very quickly. Um, so it, it, it was hectic and it took uh, quite a bit of strain on, on, on all concerned. Uh, but it, it was it was the right decision, uh, especially for Rwanda to shut down. Uh, especially seeing um, how well the country has managed to contain uh, the pandemic within the within the country. Um, so it's understandable that it had to be done. Uh, and now we're just looking forward to to resuming operations uh, as soon as is it's as soon as possible. You mentioned three months now that the airline has been grounded. Um, what has been the impact in in real terms? You know, like financially, on uh, on on the crew, on on the employees. Um, uh, but what's that been like? Uh, it's it's been very tough, uh, especially uh, from from the financial perspective, uh, in terms of uh, very little revenue coming in. Fortunately, we've been able to do. Uh, to rely on cargo, we've been operating cargo flights um, to London, Brussels, and uh, Guangzhou, um, and also some repatriation flights as well. Uh, but that doesn't make up for for the revenue lost uh, um, compared to when we were operating. Uh, so, from the financial part uh, for the airline, it has been tough, and we've had to renegotiate a lot of um, uh, the the contracts that we have in place. Uh, for our employees, uh, we've had to, all of us have had to take a salary cut in order to sustain uh, the operations until we, we, we resume. Um, so a lot of our employees are working from home or are on uh, leave right now. Um, so it, it has been difficult, not only for the airline, but also also for the country. Uh, Rwanda is a landlocked country, as you know. So this has been, it, it has been very tough. You know, you mentioned Rwanda is, is an, uh, a landlocked country. I was in Rwanda two days before um, the airport closed. So I got out just on time before before all of it happened. And um, I'm just wondering, um, I suspect there are a number of people who sort of, you know, got um, stranded uh, on the country. What, what has been, um, you know, some of the efforts that the airline, the country has made to allow people, just like, you know, you help your crew and people to come back, uh, what, what was done to allow people to be able to be able to exit the country as well? 
Yeah, as you, as you, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of people uh, got stuck here when the borders closed, uh, but the, the government has been uh, facilitating uh, repatriation flights for different uh, uh, people who want to, uh, to go back to their home country. So we've, had, we've done a few. Uh, other airlines have also been uh, carrying out repatriation flights, and we've also been bringing Rwandans who've been, who are stranded uh, uh, in different countries. Um, we have weekly repatriation flights uh, through uh, London Heathrow and Brussels, uh, for for Rwandans who are stuck in Europe and uh, in North America, uh, so we've managed to bring uh, quite a number of them, and we continue to to repatriate uh, uh, people who who want to go home or who want to come home. Um, I think there's no question that a lot is going to change in this industry, and I suspect that how things change depend primarily on regulators um, locally, the government. Um, and uh, and also globally, what are you hoping to see regulators do? But what also what are you also dreading that they might do that will affect um, the way the airline and the industry sort of get back to business? Um, I think everybody, the airlines, the regulators, the the governments, uh, the the key. Um, what is key for everybody is. Uh, to contain the pandemic and to have uh, people traveling safely, um, which is which is understandable. Uh, for us, for the airline, uh, in order to resume operations and to gain the trust of our passengers, we need to show that it's safe for them to, to fly. So we, we will be putting in measures in place uh, to ensure the safety of our passengers and our, our staff as well. Uh, but uh, from uh, a dreading perspective, <laughs> um, what, what we are really dreading is uh, the quarantine period. If, if uh, quarantine measures are, are placed uh, in different countries, it's, we're going to have a very hard time seeing uh, passenger traffic uh, picking up. Uh, but um, I, I can see some countries uh, putting quarantine uh, because it will be difficult for a businessman going for a three-day uh, trip to go into quarantine for seven or 14 days, um, or a tourist who's booked uh, a one-week vacation uh, to be in quarantine for two weeks. So that, that, that's, that, that's really what, uh, what I'm dreading. Mm-hmm. I suspect on the business side, a lot of businesses have really sort of pivoted and, and, and really figured out how to work remotely. And a lot of these business meetings that usually would require people to travel a lot are now being done online. So presumably there will be an impact in the sort of you know, business travelers as well. And I suspect on the tourism sector, even it will be even more, more impactful. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely. And um, for, for us at Ronda, um the need to restart operations uh, is key uh, because Ronda is, is highly dependent on tourism, on conference tourism. Uh, so in order to get that, uh, those sectors up and running again, uh, we need to have measures in place which will facilitate that level of travel, but also at the same time, keep everybody safe and keep the country safe. So it's fine striking that, that balance that's going, to be, that's going to be critical. Yeah. You, you mentioned prioritizing safety of passengers, which is understandable. And I've also been sort of reading a little bit, and it seems like the entire airport experience is going to change. For our listeners, can you, and a lot of our listeners obviously travel a lot, um, 
maybe can you paint a picture of what that um, new experience could look like? Yeah, uh, the new normal. Um, I think uh, right from uh, the time the passenger gets to the airport, uh, number one, there'll be a lot of um, automation, uh, if possible, uh, um, to check in online and have your boarding pass uh, uh, electronically ready. Getting to the airport much earlier uh, because the, the, the health checks and the security checks might take a, a, a little bit longer. Uh, um, self-check-in, um, temperature checks, uh, the, boarding, uh, the, the boarding procedures will be different. The onboard experience will be different. We'll be seeing um, crew in uh, PPE, in personal protective uh, uh, gear. We'll be seeing a change in uh, how the catering is done on board. The menus changing. Um, this, the emphasis on, on uh, safety on board and uh, cleanliness on board, on sanitizing hands constantly. Um, the dis uh, disembarking as well, uh, different disembarking procedures. Um, so the, the whole experience uh, will, will change, uh, but again, it's for the safety of, of, of the passengers. You said even the menu is going to change. Uh, absolutely. Because the, the, the key thing will be to, to uh, reduce the interaction uh, between uh, the crew and the passengers as much as possible, especially when, when handling food. So we'll, we'll see on the, on the short haul flight, um, uh, possibly just uh, a drink, water, and a prepackaged snack. A lot of prepackaged uh, food uh, uh, will be the norm. Uh, for a lot for a lot of airlines, so to, uh, just to reduce that, and and also a lot of the the catering companies will not want to deal with the cutlery for uh, on board, so it, it has to be very disposable uh, <laughs> disposable um, uh, equipment uh, that can easily just be dumped in a biohazard bag and uh, disposed of. Uh, so that that'll be that that'll be the, the norm going forward. I I think another question that is. Um, prominent on frequent travelers' mind is how is pricing going to be affected? Are we expecting to see um, a big uh, you know, rise in, in um, uh, tickets? I, I think that that will be interesting because I, I believe pricing will still depend on, uh, de depend on uh, supply and demand. Uh, airlines will, won't be able to price uh, too high because we're trying to also stimulate uh, demand. And if you price too high, in addition to people uh, being a bit uh, hesitant about traveling, that will be another deterrent. So um, we'll have to strike a balance uh, between um, uh, commercial viability, but also uh, encouraging uh, people to, 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 uh, to use air travel. Uh, so that balance will, will, will have to, to be there. Uh, but I also believe we'll have to, we'll see a lot of promotions as well, uh, and especially uh, with countries uh, wanting to uh, to promote tourism again, we'll see some uh, packages, a lot of packages, and uh, a lot of promotional fairs uh, to different destinations to encourage uh, people to travel. Um, yeah. When are you expecting um, some sort of return to normalcy? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> we've been um, 
it's it's very difficult for for us to to give an exact date because it all depends on when the government uh, opens uh, opens uh, the borders. Uh, but also not only when Rwanda opens its borders, but also the countries where we fly to when they they open their borders. Currently, within the African continent, we have very few uh, countries who, who who've opened their borders already. Uh, so that makes that makes our planning also very difficult. We 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 are planning um, uh, with uh, with a specific date in mind, but again, that that's adjusted uh, depending on what's happening uh, in, in the country and in the countries uh, where we operate. So I, I can't give you an exact date at the moment. <laughs> you know, it seems to me that this industry is is one where uh, so much of the business model is centered around the unit cost of operating you know, a flight. Um, given that contingency, do you envision some things sort of being forced to change in the way the industry you know, thinks about its business and its business model? Um, I, I believe so. I, I think this, what this uh, pandemic has, has uh, forced us to do is really rethink our business model, uh, um, how we do business, um, uh, our network. Uh, for Rwanda, we, we've had to re-examine our network, and in order to recover, we'll, we'll see uh, a drop in some of the routes that we've been doing, uh, and then we'll gradually pick them up later, just so that we, we can re- recover as quickly as possible. Um, in terms of our, the fleet as well, a lot of airlines are rethinking uh, their, their fleet uh, at the moment and uh, grounding some some of the bigger equipment um, until until the airlines recover. Um, so, and, and also, I, I believe um, this this will push a lot of airlines to start uh, collaborating, uh, especially on particular routes. I hope that that's what's going to happen. We were always talking about collaboration within the airline industry. I, I hope this will <laughs> this will uh, push a lot of us to start working together uh, and partner on, on on different routes in order to reduce uh, to reduce our costs as much as possible. So, despite the, the negative aspects of the of the pandemic, I, I think there is some some positivity that will come out of it. And, and this type of collaboration that you mentioned that you hope you, you want to see between airlines, is that really, has that really been a matter of airlines not wanting to collaborate or being resistant to it? Or is it also dependent on, on government, on regulators? How does that really work? I mean, I'm just wondering, is it a question of you as the CEO of Rwanda talking to the CEO of another airline and say, hey, can we do this? Or do you also have to, you know, is, are there other stakeholders that need to be consulted? And, and is it a, a, you know, a more complicated process? Uh, it starts. It starts with the airline. Uh, it really does start with the airline, uh, and whether it's a, a partnering is a priority or not. Um, we we have we have situations where uh, uh, airlines are the ones pushing the governments to 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 be more protectionist. Um, but it really starts from the airline, and I I, I really hope uh, this will teach us uh, the importance of of, of collaborating. Um, in order to, for us to be sustainable and grow uh, going forward. You, you mentioned, you know, heavier equipment, and I so, so suppose you mean like bigger aircrafts will have to be grounded. 
is are we really looking at a situation where big aircrafts are going to be grounded for a long time, or are we also looking at a situation where a number of these bigger aircrafts are going to have to be retired entirely just because it's just going to be so hard to fit into the into the model? Yeah, we've seen a number of airlines, some of the bigger airlines. And retiring uh, the, the larger the larger equipment that they that they have, uh, so that'll that'll continue happening. It depends on the airline and their business model, uh, and for for others, it'll be a matter of parking them until demand uh, increases and uh, we have enough loads to to use the bigger equipment. Uh, so it depends on 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 the, the, the airlines, but we will see we will see a number of uh, airlines uh, retiring some of their bigger equipment. And I suspect right now, um, globally, those who are most as, at risk are, are the smaller airlines. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because uh, the more uh, the smaller airlines are more sensitive to to this kind of shock. Um, and we, uh, again, for, for the smaller airlines, uh, we will see uh, a lot of them uh, disappearing as well. Uh, Rwanda is, is also a smaller airline, but fortunately, uh, we have the backing of the government as well, which, which continues to support us, given the, the, the importance of the aviation industry for, for the country. Uh, so the government of Rwanda will continue supporting the airline, uh, and it will be up to us now to ensure that uh, we, we get up and running as, as soon as possible and uh, eventually uh, continue on our growth path. Our growth path, which uh, we were on before, <laughs> before this happened, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned, you know, opportunities for airlines to collaborate, um, to rethink the business model, etc. Is this also signaling an opportunity for innovation in the industry? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and and um, we are seeing some of it. Uh, what you're talking about, uh, people working from home, uh, uh, we'll probably see less uh, less people traveling to conferences. Uh, we've been going to a lot of conferences. We'll, we'll probably see a lot of conferences going going online, um, uh, and. Since the focus will will be uh, on cost control, uh, a lot of us will have to find innovative ways to achieve the same thing at less cost. So it, it is a big opportunity uh, for innovation. A lot of automation, um, both from a safety <laughs> safety perspective, uh, but also from an efficiency perspective. So that that's really come to light in terms of uh, the importance of, of automation uh, in the industry. So we will see a lot of that emerging. I think many people are concerned, even though it is probably not a realistic concern, that that this is going to spell the end of the industry. Surely it is not the end of the industry. I mean, we are too globalized today, um, you know, to to, to see, um, you know, air travel sort of just ending. Yeah. No, uh, uh, you're absolutely right. it's not the end of the aviation industry. People will always want, people will always want to fly. Uh, we can we, we see people already going on vacation in different places. Uh, um, so this is this was a major bump uh, on the road for us. But uh, the, the airlines will recover. Uh, the, the 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 challenge will be how long it will take to recover. For some, a year, two years, others more than that. Uh, but uh, airlines will recover, and people will will, will continue to, uh, to travel. Um, I wanted to shift a little bit 
to you know just um, leading in 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 such disruptive times, which I suspect is not easy. Um, you know, from just your personal perspective, or what, what I'm assuming this is probably the biggest crisis you've ever had to handle and, and lead through. And what what has that been for you? you so many of our listeners also, you know, um, leaders in their own right and, and people who are always curious to, to learn and, and to know, um, uh, you know, how, how do you, yeah, just how, how do you be a, be a good leader and especially in times like this? Uh, it's, uh, you're right. It's, it's the biggest uh, uh, challenge of uh, face and I'm, I'm relatively new in the industry as well uh, so it, it, it has been it has been a huge learning curve uh, for me uh, both in terms of the sector and in terms of uh, leading the company um, it's, it's been a challenge in terms of um, uh, from from uh, the side of uh, the staff uh, keeping them uh, motivated and positive as I mentioned earlier um, because it becomes very discouraging when uh, a month goes by, the second month, and we're going on to the third month, and everybody's unsure about what's uh, what's going to happen, what what the future uh, what the future looks like. Uh, so, um, having uh, constantly reassuring um, uh, the staff that uh, things will eventually return to normal. We've had to make some very tough decisions, uh, which I never thought uh, I'd. Uh, I'd have to make or the management of, of the company would have to make, uh, but it's also for the best and uh, for, for the sustainability of, of, of the company. So making a lot of tough decisions, um, that, 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 has, that has been a, a challenge. Uh, working on, um, on uh, the new normal, how, how we're going to resume. Right now we're focusing on how we're going to resume operations uh, what measures we need to put in place uh, uh, so uh, that the staff also have to be trained and uh, retrained on, on how, how, we, how we're going to operate when we, when we start. Um, also uh, interacting with the shareholders and uh, reassuring the shareholder about, uh, about the future of the, of the company as well. Um, so it's it's been it's been uh, tough, but it's been a very very good learning experience, and and I hope for for all the people leading companies, uh, this is this is an opportunity really to to learn a lot and to uh, to find new ways of of doing things. Um, there's always uh, there's there's always a solution somewhere. <laughs> um, so uh, for me, that's been that's been very key. Um, in terms of uh, thinking differently, uh, it, it's forced it's forced all of us to think really, really differently. It it sounds like you you had to spend a lot of time, sort of finding a balance between cautious optimism and still placing a reality check in front of a number of stakeholders. What what has been the general response? Do you feel like people understand that these are unique times, or, or have people still been? Um, you know, sort of resistant to it. I, 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 people have have understood very quickly um, that th- these are different times, um, and I, I love I love that uh, here in Rwanda, not only just uh, just in Rwanda, but in the country, people have adjusted really quickly. Uh, it's interesting to drive around and find everybody wearing a face mask. Everybody has a face mask on. A few months ago, you'd never have thought uh, that that was possible. But 
human beings are very resilient and we adjust <laughs> very, very quickly. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic uh, that we'll get through this. Uh, we'll just have to do things uh, differently, but uh, we will get through it and people will, will adjust to the new normal um, and we'll have to make it work. You, you mentioned collaboration earlier between airlines and what advice do you have for um, leaders in, in the industry right now in terms of just, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of survival, a lot of, in, a lot of uh, companies are currently in survival mode, a lot of airlines are in survival mode. And, and right now, you know, what, what is the recommendation that all of you sort of work together and as leaders collaborate and sort of, you know, try to problem solve as a collective or, or should each one fend for itself in its attempt to survive right now? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, especially for the smaller airlines, uh, this, we'll have to uh, to really rethink how we're doing things, and that's where collaboration uh, will come in uh, very handy. Um, we'll we'll have to see. Um, I'll give you an example uh, in terms of I'd mentioned uh, pa uh, partnering on different routes, but also uh, from um, a maintenance perspective, how can we how can how can we um, partner on the maintenance front? How can we pa partner on the training front? Uh, so there, there are lots of lots of uh, opportunities uh, for collaboration. We we just need to look at it uh, closely and with an open mind and see what works. And the, the end result is really the sustainability of, of, of the different uh, airlines. Um, so I'm very hopeful as well that uh, <laughs> uh, once we once we start again, uh, uh, we'll be people will be more receptive uh, to to look deeper into into that. Whether it's one on one um, between airlines or through our different organizations, whether it's Afra or IATA, etc., uh, the, the need for us to to work together as a collective. I wanted to turn quickly to the continent of Africa itself, where we know even prior to the pandemic, travel on the continent was not easy. There are a few airlines that have been, you know, absolutely critical to allow travel in, in, in Africa. You know, I think, you know, South African Airways, I think Ethiopian Airline, I think you guys, Rwanda, Kenya Airways, and Without having to name names, um, we know that there are some airlines that are really struggling at the moment. Should we expect traveling in Africa um, just getting that much harder post this pandemic? This has definitely taken us a step back. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of a lot of airlines, um, even the bigger ones, will have to rethink some of their routes. Um, so I will will most likely see some uh, some uh, some routes being taken out of uh, different networks, including in uh, in our own uh, in our own network, uh, at least for the for the short term until uh, op operations stabilize um, and then gradually bring bring those on. So airlines will will definitely want to start with uh, their more profitable routes and uh, and drop some of the less profitable ones. Uh, so that will definitely have an impact. Uh, on travel within the continent, which, as you mentioned, was already uh, a major, major problem. 
so we uh, it, it will definitely take us a few steps back but uh, I'm hoping it will also rebound uh, uh, further down the road um, and what will also help uh, and I hope uh, um, because of this uh, more countries will be open to it is uh, the, the, the need to to fully establish uh, the single African air transport market uh, moving away from being very protectionist to opening up our skies that will be critical in terms of also helping airlines to recover from this. Uh, the establishment of, of the um, African continental free trade area, uh, again, that, that, will, that, will not, that will help the continent uh, from a trade perspective, but also for airlines in terms of moving people and goods uh, uh, across the continent. So all these, all these um, initiatives, I hope, uh, now will become even more critical in, term, in terms of in, uh, implementing them as quickly as possible. And for our listeners, many of whom are, um, you know, Africans or at least uh, travel a lot on the continent, what, what can they do to make sure that, um, you know, everybody reacts appropriately and, and promptly to make sure that, you know, um, all this, all that we've just described happens and happens relatively soon? Uh, for, for our travelers, um it's just to uh, it's just to assure them that uh, the airlines and airports and civil aviation authorities and governments are doing all that is possible to make uh, traveling uh, safe again um, giving them that assurance that uh, it's safe to travel and that they should resume their travel <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as they can um, but it will also be up to us to communicate that very effectively and give them uh, give them that that constant assurance uh, that it's safe uh, to travel by air uh, that uh, they won't get contaminated on board or while going through the different airports so that it's it's for them also to realize that serious measures are being put in place uh, to to ensure that they're kept safe. My last question. Um, for you personally, um, are you um, looking forward to the the new norm and, and and all the things that you're going to have to do to lead the airline through that? Or are you are you scared? Um, how, how are you seeing this um, uh, upcoming challenge? Because I suspect it is a challenge. It is going to be a challenge. It, it is going to be a challenge, but I'm I'm looking forward to it um i'm looking forward to the to the new normal i'm looking forward to uh resuming operations i'm looking forward to being on board again and flying to anywhere (laughs) um so it's exciting um it's exciting and uh, i look forward to the to the new challenge it's a it's a new phase uh for for the industry uh it's an exciting phase uh and as we've we've discussed it's an opportunity uh really to do to, to do things differently uh, so I look forward. I look forward to implementing that uh, going forward. I look forward to coming back to Rwanda. I am currently stranded in Nairobi, and um, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there will be movement. Um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Vera. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Rwanda will be back in the skies as of August 1st, 2020, and is already demonstrating creativity and innovation to make air travel attractive again. 
Speaking of creativity and innovation, join me next time as we continue exploring the future of air transport. I will have a conversation with Mr. Spencer Horn, the CEO of Cloudline, an innovative startup attempting to disrupt cargo, the one bright spot that will contribute 26% of the industry revenues compared to 12% in 2019, according to the International Air Transport Association. Join us next time in The Room as we co-create the journey to enable your life's mission.